Well, here it comes. Oh, my goodness. Kick and chase by Mullen. Kick and chase again by Mullen. Welcome back to the Racing and Sports Punters Pod, where we serve up a set of sizzling wages to steer you towards punting success. Jimmy Buckley with you again for a special edition of the Punters Pod ahead of the US Open, which begins next week when the tennis circuit rolls into the hard courts of Flushing Meadows in Queens. I'm joined today by our two racing and sports tennis experts, Alex Steedman in the studio alongside me, and Brenton Legrand, who joins us from Sydney making his debut on the podcast. Welcome, boys. Uh, how are things, Alex? Yeah, good, mate. What about you? <laughs> very, very good after that uh, Parramatta-Brisbane game last night, if I can be perfectly honest with you. The Raiders are an almighty chance all of a sudden. Yeah, they are, but we've got a match against Manly tomorrow afternoon. Watch us just throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dearie me. And Brenton, mate, uh, all the way from the Harbour City, how are things up there, mate? Yeah, very good, very good. Good to have you on the podcast. And look, I've got to uh, I've got to do this to you before we progress. Alex tells me you were a whisker away from being a tennis professional yourself, and I understand that you have taken a set off the all conquering almighty Brian Brothers. Is this correct? Uh, the first comment is couldn't be further from the truth. <laughs> um, look, managed to jag a few years playing college tennis in America, um, and did jag a set off the Brian Brothers. You know, this would have been back in 1996 before they went on their Grand Slam winning run. But no, they were they were way too good for us. I think it was like six love in the third. That's sensational. So you've taken you've taken a set off Grand Slam winners, is what you're telling me. Yeah, when I was 18, that's a long, long time ago. <laughs> Ah, that's what we like to hear. Well, it sounds like you are more than qualified for, for what we've called you in for. Now, the US Open, we had the draw overnight for the men's and the women's. Uh, this will kick off, uh, I suspect, probably Monday evening next week, our time. So it's coming around quickly. Novak Djokovic is out. We got that news as well overnight. And the men's draw threw up a nice little curly, spicy one straight away when the great mates... The Australian Open doubles champions Nick Kyrgios and Thanasi Kokonakis were paired together in round one. Nick ends up in the same quarter as the number one seed, Daniil Medvedev, the reigning champion from Russia. Alex, let's start with uh, with Nick Kyrgios, Canberra's own. What do you make of this draw? It's a tough one, isn't it? Um, round one... Kokonakis, he's no slouch himself, but even even if Kyrgios gets through to round two, he's got Ugo Ombert in, in the second round, who's a more than capable player, but he's just going into this tournament unseated. It's, it's a nightmare draw. He's slated to come up against Daniil Medvedev in round four, the top seed. It's, it's going to be tough going for, for Nick, but he showed what he could do through Wimbledon. He beat Daniil earlier in the US swing, I think, uh, in the Canadian Open, Montreal. So he's got the firepower, he's got the weapons, but yeah, just a case of whether he can sustain it right through to the second week of a Grand Slam. We're certainly hoping he's got that residual form uh, still from Wimbledon where he made that remarkable run to the final where he was unfortunately defeated by Djokovic, but not before taking a set off the Serb. Brenton, I take it you're a big Nick Kyrgios fan. I am. I think in the last sort of 
probably four to six months. I really believe the pennies dropped for Nick, probably just before Wimbledon. I, I sort of always had that, I better not try too hard in case I get beat attitude. But he's sort of come on from that now, and I, I think... I think he realises that you know there's there's no shame in actually trying. You can still you can still play funny buggers. You can still talk to the crowd and mm. do underarm serves and, and and you know keep keep it interesting. But I think he's actually not scared to lose. And he'd be an absolute pest to play, wouldn't he? He'd be like a Mick Ennis or a, a Josh Reynolds. You'd never get your rhythm. You'd be in your ear the whole time on the change of ends. He'd just be a nightmare to play. So look, I don't mind the draw for him. I'd rather play Medvedev in the first week than the second. And look, I think Tanasi will just probably lose to him out of respect. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, Umbert second round, and then probably Batista a good third round. There were worse draws out there. So, yeah, go Nick, eh? Is Medvedev the kind of bloke who is capable of lowering his game as a result of Nick's pestilent behaviour? Yeah, 100% agree. Medvedev sort of plays at the level that his opponent plays at, and he has been a sort of a victim of not losing the qualifiers, but just not producing his best tennis. But then when he plays Djokovic or Nadal, he lifts. Um, so he's sort of his opponent is a barometer of how he's going to play. So um, look, I guess I, I wouldn't be surprised if Nick beat him again. So nine dollars with Neds for Nick Kyrgios to win the U.S. Open. Uh, do we see value in that, boys? Yeah. Look, it's always a risk backing Nick. You know, he doesn't win tournaments that much, but yeah, as I said, I think he's in career best form. And when you've got a server of that nature, you can win matches in a short amount of time if you can you know, kick his mind to it. I'd rather take nine bucks for Nick than, um, than what Medvedev's saying. Yeah, fair enough. Medvedev is the $3.35 favourite here with Neds. Like we mentioned, Djokovic out of the door. It's probably the most open men's Grand Slam market I've seen for a long time. For yep. the favourite to be $3.35, Rafa Nadal $5 second pick. And then you've got the young Spaniard there. Carlos Alcaraz at $6.50, maybe. I'll give you a stat on um, Alcaraz. He's yet to be beaten in straight sets this year. Oh, um, I got beat straight sets before lunchtime 10 minutes ago, <laughs> but um, he's so competitive. He, he, he never gets routed in a match. He's never he's never losing two and two or anything like that. So from a like to win a set bet perspective, Alcaraz has been gold all year. So And look, he's, what, he's only 18 or 19, so he's, he's still got plenty of upside. Alex, um what have you found for us uh, running through this this market with Neds? Have you found uh, any value that really sticks out to you? I mean, in, in terms of an overall winner, uh, I know we've just potted Daniil Medvedev, but I'm more than happy to be taking the price about him at the moment. I think he's the defending champ. He missed Wimbledon, which I think is a positive heading into the last Grand Slam of the season. He hasn't had an overly taxing US swing, so I think his body should be ready for a Grand Slam. I know that there are some scary matches, supposedly Kyrgios in the fourth round and Tsitsipas in the semis, and they've both beaten him in the past month. Both inconsistent, though, so I don't think either of them are a sure thing to make it that far into into the tournament. I think if either of them make it to a Medvedev match, doubtful they've got the mental strength to actually topple him over the course of five sets. Uh, yeah, this is a guy who straight set at Novak to win win the event last year. So <laughs> I think, um, yeah, there could be a bit of friendly fire, a little bit of office banter over the coming weeks between me and Brenton. It sounds like it. And that's an important point you make. 12 months ago, he came out and he demolished Novak in that US Open final. Horses for courses. He clearly likes it at Flushing Meadows. And without Djokovic in the draw, it's another 
big chance for him to stamp himself. I get the impression that he maybe doesn't have the respect yet that he thinks he deserves. And this is another big chance for, for the big Russian to get a tick on the board. Boys, is there anything maybe a bit deeper in this draw that tickles your fancy? It's going to be the first time in a couple of years that they have capacity crowds there at Flushing Meadows. And it's Serena's swan song, which we'll probably discuss a bit later. So I think the atmosphere there is going to be going off. And therefore, I think the US players, there might be a good US player that has a deep run. And at the value, I'm going to have a little tickle on Taylor Fritz. He's a, he's a big serve. He's got a big game. He's capable of competing with anyone. He won't be scared. And what's, what's he in Neds at the moment? I think he's in the 20s. Yeah, $23 um, at the moment. Yeah, that's, that's worth a nibble for me. He's going to be getting a lot of crowd support. And um, but he's got the game and he's on the up. He's still, he probably hasn't hit the glass ceiling yet in terms of the player. Oh, I like the logic there. Brenton, Alex, have you found something that you like the look of further down? I think Borna Korich, he could be worth a look. This guy's on fire at the minute. He just absolutely came out and routed them in Cincinnati. He he won the whole thing as a wild card. And yeah, he did it in straight sets for the entire tournament bar when he beat Rafa in three sets. It's interesting. Brenton's gone for these big serving guys with a lot of weapons, whereas I've gone for the more kind of baseline counterpuncher type mm. player. So we've really, um, we're really quite divided in what we're looking for in a player that can go deep in this tournament. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that pans out in itself. Having said that, Steve, Courage, he had an op- uh, a shoulder operation last year. And since he's come back, I think his first percentage win points are like 80, 85%. So he, since he's had his shoulder done, his service game has lifted a bit. And he's becoming a bit bit harder to break. So yeah, I think I think he's well in with a good chance. What odds is he? Twenty nine dollars with Neds. Yeah, value. Getting a very good price about that. Is there anything else that tickles your fancy here, boys, in the men's draw, or should we move on to the women? I mean, I think Corridge maybe winning his quarter at seven dollars is worth a look. Looking yeah. at the entire draw, the top half is just stacked. I would not want to be in the top half of the draw, whereas perhaps the bottom half half of the draw is a little bit thinner. I think the big names in the bottom half are Alcaraz and Rafa, whereas it really does taper off outside of those two players. And Corich is sort of Johnny on the spot at the moment, just all guns blazing, fantastic form. So, yeah, look, I think he's definitely worth one to follow through this bottom half of the draw. Uh, round three against Alcaraz, that, that's scary, but the kid has played 53 matches so far this year. Uh, um, I mean, surely burnout has to hit him square between the eyes at some point during the course of a season, right, Brenton? Yeah, no, agreed. And look, I, I think you discussed this uh, with me earlier, Alex. This is probably the most gettable slam. Um, and if you look in the past sort of 15 years, I think the big three have dominated the other three. But this slam always throws up a bit of a, you know, we've had Del Potro win this one. It's usually sways away from the big three. So, yeah, if there's a slam that, you know, an outsider 20 to 1 shot can win, this, this is the one. And that's been the fun thing about this slam the last sort of five, ten years, um, if you've been able to pick up on that trend, because the Federers, the Djokovic's, the Nadal's, they're all still playing it, so their ability is still factored into the market, so you can get some pretty big outliers. I think I had Berrettini at about 500 to 1 to go all the way in in 2019, I think, and he he got into the semi against Rafa. But yeah, by that point in the tournament, I think think Federer and, and Djokovic, they were both gone. Yeah, so look... If you look close enough and you look at the past trends of this tournament, it's not necessarily one that caters to the top guys taking it out. 
Now, we'll have a look at the women's draw, which also came out overnight. Iga Swiatek, $5.50, leads the market here with Ned. And then second pick, Simona Halep at $9. And then it goes from there. You've got Gauff at $17. You've got Garcia at $17. Raducanu, the defending champion from the UK, at $19. Sabalenka at $19 uh, and so forth. This is a much more open draw and... Probably much less straightforward because you could make a case for a lot of these players, Alex. Yeah, have you ever picked a US Open winner outside of Serena Williams, Brenton? <laughs> no, no, no. It's a lucky dip most, most of the time with the women's slams. Yeah, wide open field. Look, Shreetik got dented recently after going on that tear to start the year. I'm having a couple of dollars on Coco Golf, and I've just got a romantic thought about Serena retiring and the changing of the guard in American tennis. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes sometimes sports throws up those sorts of narratives. So I've had something on Coco Goff, and I think Pliskova's been slept on. She's been number one in the world. She's been a finalist here. She's been a finalist at Wimbledon. She hasn't won one yet, but she, she's got the ability. And I don't mind her draw. She's playing in the 20s, I think. Yeah, she's a $29 chance at the moment with Neds. And she's had a light season well, too, Brenton. She's only played 29 matches opposed to, say, Swiatek. <laughs> I think she's up to yeah. almost 60 um, but yeah, I, I like I like your line of thought in regards to the American fairy tale sort of changing of the guard because I'm I'm with Jessica Pagula uh, here. Yeah, right. I think looking looking at her draw, I mean she does have Swiatek in her quarter, but outside of her and and Swiatek hasn't actually been overly convincing during the U.S. swing so far. So uh, whereas Pagula, I think she's she's gone pretty well. She went pretty well in the last tournament she played. Cincinnati, yeah. Yeah, and the Canadian Open, um, Simona Halep, she she struck her, and I think Simona Halep, she ended up going on to win the Canadian Open. So she's more than held her own through both tournaments and, yeah, just struck the eventual winners in both of them. And, yeah, I think she's got a 31-16 record so far this season, and she's only played 17 tournaments as well, whereas most of the top seeds there, 20-plus. So, again, there, there could be a little bit... A freshness still in the legs late in the AT, WTA tour season. And Jessica Pagula, so $29 with Neds. You get a very good run for your money there, Alex. I, I like the thinking. I think you might have found one. And like you say, the same quarter as, as Swiatek. So she gets through her, maybe it is game on and she can go all the way. Uh, have you found anything else in there, Steve? The same half of the draw as one of Brenton's good things in Coco Golf. Maria Sakari. At, at the big odds, she's she's worth thought too. Made the US Open semi-finals last year. She lost in the Indian Wells final this year, so she's more than capable on hard courts. She's been pretty badly stitched up through the US swing so far. Uh, she copped Pliskova early in the Canadian Open and then the eventual winner of the Cincinnati Masters in Caroline Garcia. Two good hitouts, but hasn't had to go to the well too much heading into the US Open, which at this time of year... I don't actually mind. And I don't think her draw looks overly intimidating either. She's in a quarter which admittedly has Coco Goff and Simona Halep, but I think she can go pretty deep, uh, at least into the quarterfinals. we got a price on her. She, she doesn't actually come up in the first page here of, of the Ned's prices that I, that I printed out, which tells me that she must be magnificent value for this tournament. $34. There you $34. Go. With Neds for Maria Sakari to win this tournament. 
Boys, is there anything else that you've found on the women's draw? Well, the only thing, Dad, is Serena's farewell. She's been an absolute champion of the game. I think she's been the GOAT. She gets the number two seed contribute in the second round if she gets through. So that would be an absolute blockbuster. But, yeah, respect to her. She's just been a warrior for the sport. She was coming up when I was in college over there, and she was always touted as the, as the next big thing, even bigger than Venus. So I can't imagine the pressure she had on from such a young age, and she's delivered in spades. Am I mad in thinking that she could make some kind of a run here? Oh, I don't. As I said, with the atmosphere that's going to be around Flushing Meadows, it's, it's going to be heaving. She could easily get on a run. Now she, she's a confidence player. If she just starts to make a few shots, hmm. look out the rest of the field. Yeah, that would be some kind of a story, I think. Now, look, to wrap this all up, because we've got a little bit here to get through, and, and I'd highly recommend grabbing a pen and writing all of this down and then spending the weekend apportioning your staking accordingly because there's some absolute beauties here. So we'll go back to the men's draw. And Alex likes Medvedev to win the US Open at $3.35 and Borna Korich paying $29 as a bit of a throw at the stumps there. You can also get $7 about Borna Korich to win his quarter. Brenton loves the look of Aussie Nick Kyrgios paying $9 to win the US Open, to win his first Grand Slam. And Taylor Fritz in front of a vociferous home crowd paying $23. Throw him in. He should give you a very good run. On to the women's draw. And Brenton likes Coco Goff at $17 to make a big run in front of a home crowd and before... The GOAT in Serena Williams. Carolina Pliskova at $29 will give you a tremendous ride for your money. She comes in fresh and she is more than capable and probably deserves to win a Grand Slam title. Alex likes the look of Jessica Pagula at 29 to 1 and Maria Sakari at $34. Throw them in. You don't have to have too much on to be celebrating pretty hard when they win. And then Sakari's $12 to win her quarter if you want to play it that way. Boys, that's a pretty fine selection to me, I would have thought. Can I ask you both quickly, what's your uh, your US Open ritual? It is on at a bit of a funny time, but I guess it does allow us to watch a few matches in the AM hours. <laughs> my, my ritual is just to keep a close eye on the matches that are underway. You can find some pretty handy futures bets if a seed's looking shaky at any point because if, if you lose a seed like a Nadal or a Medvedev, all of a sudden their entire quarter or their half of the draw just opens right up. And yeah, if there are any bookmakers that are asleep at the wheel, uh, you can be the beneficiary of that. And Brent, what about yourself, mate? Are you, are you up at midnight and beyond or do you, do you get up uh, in the early hours and catch a bit of it that way? Yeah, no, I, I stay up. I love betting in the run, so you know you often hear me sort of whispering my tab account numbers in the other room when my partner's sleeping. Um, but yeah, I love betting in the run. I think you can see trends during the game when someone might be making a comeback or someone might be showing an injury, and if you sort of you know get on at the right time, sometimes you can find a bit of value. I know Alex loves betting on. Uh, on you won't be playing in this tournament with Djokovic. Sometimes he looks like he's lost a leg when he's just he's just foxing, you know, and. Uh, you know, sometimes I think we've both of us have got Djokovic at sort of two dollars fifty, three dollars in the run at times, just because he's carrying on like he's injured and he's just he's just faking. So, betting on the runs, my go. It just 
required you to be up at 4 a.m. <laughs> well, I, I can testify to Brendan being up at 4 a.m. He, he was he was up at 2 a.m. waiting for the draw to come out this morning. I got a text from him oh. at 1.30. It just said, no, no. out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's very Correct. good. Uh, look, Brenton, Alex, thank you very much for, for joining us. Uh, it's been a pleasure. We look forward to the US Open every year, and I'm particularly looking forward to it this year now that I've got a nice stable of betting tickets to play with. We'll talk to you both again soon and uh, we'll be back next week. Until then, happy punting.